Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose steadfast love endures forever. Everybody is welcome on the 4th of July to Resurrection's annual hot dog fest. This is at the corner of 10th and Glacier. Free hot dogs and a chance to visit with your family, especially if you're waiting to cross the bridge to go to Douglas. Come by, get a free hot dog, some chips, some uh, popcorn, and have a good time. That will start after the parade, so probably about 11 o'clock and until we run out of food. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Sovereign God, ruler of all hearts, you call us to obey you and favor us with true freedom. Keep us faithful to the ways of your Son, that, leaving behind all that hinders us, we may steadfastly follow your paths through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. Let's wait for the last kiddo. Oh, what a treat. There are four kiddos here today. And I have pictures for you guys to look at, which is even better because you guys are right here. And if I was trying to show all them, they wouldn't be able to see them. So today... The first reading, I don't know if you heard this, but they said there were 12 yoke of oxen ahead of them. Do you guys know what oxen are? Yeah. Um, they're a kind of... I forgot. Kind of like a cow, maybe? Is that what you were looking for? Mm-hmm. I actually have a picture of oxen today. I had to Google it. <laughs> there we go. That is what a yoke of oxen look like. And do you know what they are used for? Did you hear what they were talking about? They were talking about farming. About, and this is how it looks today, right? Normally you'd see a tractor. Reed, have you ever seen a tractor on a farm? No. No? I thought maybe because you're from Minnesota you would have seen it. <laughs> We don't have a lot of tractors in Juneau. We don't have big farms like this. But why I wanted to talk about it today is because what would happen if the yoke didn't go straight? Do you think it'd be easy to farm if the lines were all curvy? No. No. So that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about how God helps us keep our lines straight. What do you think that would mean? If we're called to be farmers and we're called to tow fields, would that be like maybe being nice to people? Yeah. yeah. And, and God helps us do that, right? Helps us keep on the straight path. Yeah. Can we pray about it? Yeah. You want to talk now? Can you say that God helps keep us on the straight path? On the straight path. On the straight path, to be friends and to be nice to people. 
like he calls us to do. Okay, let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for showing us the good straight path and sending us out to be nice and kind to the people around us. Amen. Thank you, guys. I invite you to stand as you are able. Together, we'll welcome the gospel. is unwavering in his commitment to his mission in Jerusalem and will not be swayed by pettiness. In a series of striking cases in point, he calls his disciples to a similar single-mindedness. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered the village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord. You may be seated. On Friday and Saturday, well, I guess Thursday, Friday and Saturday, Uh, My kids were in Israel. They were uh, near Jerusalem, actually went to Bethlehem on on Thursday. And then on Friday and Saturday, they were in Haifa visiting a friend, a very, very good friend of mine who lives outside of Haifa. She's Palestinian Christian, and we've known each other for quite a long time. So she met the kids and took them around. And one of the things that the kids, first of all, it was very cool. I was excited. I was there vicariously. So um, I, I kind of feel like I had my own little vacation, even though they were meeting up. But one of the things the kids said is, she keeps giving us food. She keeps feeding us. And it's excellent food, right? It's all the traditional dishes. And I said, yeah, hospitality is a big thing with them. Because it is. I mean, hospitality means something to most peoples of the world, but the, the Mediterranean, um, Israel, and, and the, that part of the world, um, the Arabs in general, have a very high standard for hospitality. And that was probably even more so in the time of the gospel. 
The, the whole idea of, of being welcomed into a town, it wasn't just a matter of either listening to the message or not. It's a matter of being taken and welcomed, fed, given coffee, clean, you know, visited with. There's a real uh, intimacy and joy in, in receiving them. So the idea of not receiving a people is a pretty decisive delineation between the Samaritans and these people who are following Jesus, who sets his face towards Jerusalem. And by set his face towards Jerusalem, it, it's not just a matter of, okay, yeah, we know he's going to Jerusalem. In, in Luke, and we're in, in the year where we read a lot of Luke, Jesus has this long journey, it's a journey gospel. And they also eat a lot. Pay attention every Sunday, see how many times Jesus is eating with people. So a lot of eating goes on in the Gospel of Luke. But they take this journey to Jerusalem, and it's really about being transformed into this teacher, rabbi, to this prophet, Messiah, to this rebel that's going to turn everything upside down. I'm told when people get ready to fight, I, I haven't ever fought, but I'm told when people get ready to fight, they, they get themselves psyched up. And there's a certain, okay, now I'm ready energy right before they join the fight. This is what I'm told. That's this kind of setting his face towards Jerusalem. It's, it's a real commitment in, in the face of challenges. That's what the foxes have holes and the birds have nests thing is about. And then the son of man has no place to lay his head. It's not going to be easy. We're not going to be just visiting people. What, you know, here's, <laughs> the visiting time has passed. We're going to be going and doing some work. And so there aren't going to be these... Um, these spots that are, are more about fellowship than they are about proclamation. Certainly fellowship is included. But he's turned his face toward Jerusalem. And the Samaritans, with a long history of, of enmity, they come from the same ancestors, but the Samaritans got were in exile and then um, intermarried, and there, there was sort of um, tension between who, 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 was, who was more righteous and what was the right way to follow the covenant and what were the right rituals. And so by not being received by the Samaritans in this case, um, it's, it's that Jesus is going to go do what he's called to do according to the, to the law and according to what the prophets have been telling us. And first he says to one, or no, first one comes to him. And then he says to someone else. And then um, someone comes to him. And they all have something to do. Let me go and bury my father. Well, that's not bury in the sense of I need to actually physically bury my father. It's the same way that if we say, oh, you know, she's buried three husbands. 
right? You've heard that phrase. It means, it means she's, she's outlived three husbands and, and lost three husbands. It doesn't mean she's actually done the burial. That's the kind of burying my father. Let me go and be in my father's household until my father dies. And Jesus said, you're going you're to get stuck there. This train is leaving. It's another travel analogy because the kids, um, by the way, you could always end up in my sermon if you have great adventures. The kids' flight got canceled on the way to LA, and so they got rooted through, what, um, Minnesota, I think, and then um, Belgium, Amsterdam, and then, and then to Rome. By the time they got to Rome, the boat left that they were the cruise that they were on with, with the, their grandmother and the rest of that, and their family. And so then they had to take a train to Naples, I think, and catch the boat. The, the handy illustration there is the boat left, right? When you're going on a cruise, an airplane, a train, whatever, they were leaving. And you're either on it or you're not. And you can say all you want, wait, 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 wait. But eventually it's going to go. And Jesus is saying, this train is leaving. We are heading towards Jerusalem. We're not waiting. It doesn't mean that people won't have a chance to encounter the gospel later. But if they're going to follow Jesus to Jerusalem, now is the time. And so it's all about their call. And... Same with plowing the fields. Same with wanting to be comfortable. So we put all that together and say, in what way are we called to recognize hospitality when it's offered and let go when it's not? Because the disciples, James and whichever one, wanted to, to rain fire down on them. It's great. I just think it's a great line. Do you want us to rain fire down on them? As though Jesus has asked them to do that anywhere else. But he says no. But the idea being, do we punish them for not receiving us? Do we punish them for not following? No, let them be. Let them be. We're not here to punish those who don't receive the message. Or criticize them. Or yell at them. Or do any of those, those, over th those other things that it's tempting to do, especially when we're working really hard at ministry. If we're received, we're received. And we share in full fellowship. And if not, we move on. And we're going to face challenges. But each of us has a calling. Each of us has a calling and the gifts to fulfill it. And your calling may, may not be the same from year to year. Callings change, but you have a calling. And it's up to you to pray for the wisdom, to discern, am I making excuses? Because I guarantee you there will always be an excuse. There will always be one more thing to do, one more place to pack. One more book I want to read. One more way I think I should fix myself before I'm ready 
to give myself to whatever it is that God's calling me to. And he's saying, let's go. Let's go. It's going to be tough. We need full commitment because we're not going to make it without full commitment. And that is true of Jesus and the disciples going to Jerusalem. It is true for us personally. It is also true for us as a congregation. To what is God calling this congregation? Changes over time. And whatever God is calling us to, God will give us the resources to do it. God will not give us a calling and then say, well, you're out of luck. God will give us the gifts that we need to fulfill the calling to which God calls us. But he's asking us to commit. Get on board. Because kind of, sort of, makes for passive Christians. It makes for people who maybe are nice and maybe follow some rituals. But if we're going to do something that's going to take all of our commitment, all of our energy, facing our challenges, getting rejected, being able to let go, being rejected, being criticized, sometimes being welcomed overwhelmingly, all of that takes our willingness to go. And I always want to say, at the end when there's this, anybody who, who puts their plow to hand and um, turns back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Well, fit can mean a number of things. Ready is probably, I think, an easier word to connect with. Not ready. Because we believe in a God of grace who will always, always welcome us when we're ready. But it doesn't mean God wants us to wait. God's calling us now. Let go of what everybody else is doing, whatever everybody else's way of ministering is. Take some time this week and pray for what God is calling you to as an individual and what God is calling us to as a congregation. And then get on a board because there's great ministry ahead. There's great ministry ahead. Let us confess together. I believe in God, the Father, Father Almighty, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended, ascended into heaven. heaven. He is seated at the right, right hand, hand of the Father. Father. And he, he will come, come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen.
United in Christ and guided by the Spirit, we pray for the church, the creation, and all in need. God of faithfulness, set the face of your church firmly on you. Rooted in your self-giving love, may the church find freedom in loving our neighbor. God of grace, hear our prayer. God of gentleness, strengthen the earth's ability to heal. Where there are dangerous storms, bring calm. Where there are destructive fires, bring rain. Protect homes, habitats, and likelihoods threatened by climate disasters. God of grace, hear our prayer. God of peace, guide all who govern that they place the good of their citizens above self-promotion. Anoint leaders of nations with your spirit of neighborly love. Protect refugees and all who live under tyranny or conflict, especially those in Ukraine. God of grace, hear our prayer. God of kindness, reveal your healing presence to all who are sick or dying. Uphold those who grieve, support the needs of any who are unemployed, hungry, or have nowhere to lay their heads. God of grace, God of love, attend to those struggling with addiction, depression, or uncontrolled anger. Provide support systems and loving compassions as they work toward health, that they may rest in hope and know the fullness of joy in your presence. God of grace, hear our prayer. God of joy, we give thanks for all who have died and now celebrate the inheritance of life in you. Keep their examples of faithfulness always before us, that we trust your promises in life and in death. God of grace, hear our prayer. And God of every time and place, in Jesus' name and fulfilled by your Holy Spirit, we entrust these spoken prayers and those in our hearts into your holy keeping. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We Encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. God of abundance, you have set before us a plentiful harvest. As we feast on your goodness, strengthen us to labor in your field and equip us to bear fruit for the good of all. In the name of Jesus, amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us announce together. The mission. the mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. The God of peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, comfort you, and show you the path of life this day and always.
peace. Love your neighbor. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.